Hello everyone, I'm Alex and you're Josh. And we're back again and we're talking about without remorse. No, no, no. We're about Tom Clancy's without remorse. Uh, for, so, for some, I'm just, hey, I just want to say, for some reason, <laughs> it became officially part of the title. For everything. Yeah. Is, yeah. So it isn't just without remorse. You have to specify whose remorse mm. it's without. And in this case, it's the dearly departed Sir Thomas Clancy. Sorry, who dude. wrote this book in 1993. Mm-hmm. I guess sold the rights to it immediately. Yeah. And then did not live to see it get turned into Which a is... pretty fun throwback. Yeah. I was yeah, I would say so. It's a pretty fun throwback to just holy crap, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. They don't make films like this anymore. No, in fact they, don't. they in fact they don't make them like this. They didn't make them like this then. Because this is a very strange project to me. It's it's, mm. it's exactly in between on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It isn't exactly a solo movie, but it isn't an ensemble either, because yeah. those characters have absolutely nothing to do. Yeah. It isn't quite a revenge movie, no. but it isn't quite a conspiracy movie either. It's a big, book sh- big budget action movie without the budget. So it ends up being quite small scale even though by doing a lot of things practically, it's grander than a lot of other things that come around. Mm. It's a Taylor Swift joint. Not Taylor Swift, Taylor Sheridan joint. <laughs> I was just uh, like, wait. Yeah. Is that how we compare things now no. to a Taylor Swift song? I, no. We, who was I was talking about this <laughs> the other day? Um, who was I was talking about this with the other day? And we were getting his name confused, Taylor Swift, Taylor Sheridan. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, no, we were imagining what would happen if Taylor Swift wrote this movie and Taylor Sheridan wrote, like, an album of, like, songs about girls being mad that, like, <laughs> the boyfriend is into, like, girls who wear denim or something. Right. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. been a long day, folks. Oh, that's okay. It's yeah, it's been a long day, day for both. Yeah. Uh, but we're here. And it seems like you kind of enjoyed... Kind of, yes. Kind, kind of. Kind of, We're yes. getting somewhere with the kind of, yeah. so that's that's good. Yeah, when you're saying that, it's kind of like a throwback. I didn't even really think about it, but it kind of... It has a lot of old-fashioned things, like guys who are just like in suits, in rooms in Langley, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, activate the drone. Yeah. Um, the asset has gone rogue, things like that. Um it very much feels like a project from 1994, mm. um, which shows how we've kind of gone cyclical with this. I can, it definitely, like, now that I'm thinking about the movie, and if it came out when it was supposed to come out, yeah, it would have fit perfectly. The only difference, I guess, would have been it wouldn't be Aleppo at the start. It probably would have been Iraq, maybe, somewhere. Yeah, probably Iraq. Uh, yeah, because we had the, that was the war that was going on at that time. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it would be. But, like, you go beyond that and everything feels, like, contemporary in a sense of, yeah, it's also very 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very weird thing with this movie. It unsettled me a little. And then I realised what it reminded me of. And it reminded me of the uh, Transformers ride at Universal Orlando. In the sense of, it's quite graphically violent, but there's also only one moment of bloodshed in it, which is when uh, Michael B. Jordan gets shot in the house yeah. and he slowly bleeds out. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you see blood in this movie. 
So you have people getting, like, shot through panes of glass. Mm -hmm. You get people run over in ways where you see, like, the car bounce over the body. Mm -hmm. But there's no blood at all. No, yeah, that's true, because it is, like, a very... The shot for that is, like, far away. Yeah. And then with the guy getting shot up in the car you just see his body moving which is weird because you see the cracks in the window as it's going so that tip that shot when you see in other movies like it reminds me of uh, Mesri in part 2 where they shoot him from the back of the van Mm -hmm. the bullet the blood typically bounces back on the screen in this case there was none of that the reason why it reminded me of Transformers in uh, Universal Orlando is that is a graphically violent ride but the reason why they get away with it is because it's not happening to people. Like, one of the Transformers gets garroted with a power line, mm-hmm. and I forget if the head comes off or not. But because it's not humans doing it, and there's no blood, you it's can okay. be a lot more yeah. visceral in what you're showing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a weird thing to connect, but that was what it felt like to me. Which is weird, considering it's meant to be like an Amazon original and I tend to think that when they're trying to do something like that, they want to draw eyes away from Netflix, from HBO Max, whatever. And by doing that, they have to promise something you can't get elsewhere. Mm. So they've done that by making a very traditional action movie. Mm-hmm. And yet they've gone in kind of like diverging directions of being slightly more violent on one level. Mm-hmm but significantly more tame than, like, an episode of Game of Thrones on the other. Fair, yeah. Which leaves it in this kind of middle ground, oh, it's not quite thrilling enough, but, but it's it is. quite graphic yeah. also, and I don't know how to square that circle. Well, it seems, again, like, it goes back to that thing you were saying before about this movie kind of just, like, swaying in the middle mm. of uh, the revenge genre yeah, and then, like, the conspiracy genre. You yeah. kind of get both things going on. Um I don't know. This is that's a weird observation there. I wasn't ready for that. I'm sorry for catching off guard. Yeah, you really did catch me off guard because I don't know. I think because my brain was automatically just kind of like it's an action film. Let's see if it's a good action film. Was really... But the thing is that you yeah. say action film. So if we go back, not even like nobody, but let's go a few weeks, months, years mm. prior. Where are we going? Like, when you say action film, like, what's the, like, contiguous genre that you're comparing it to? Because they don't really make stuff about, like, military guys with car crashes and no. plane crashes and explosions and stunts. No. So it feels almost to me like, yeah, it is an action film, but it's, like, conspicuously not a contemporary action film. You know, when you have that scene at the end where they're in the hotel, it's filmed on a set. And you don't get that anywhere else, because what you will get is you'll have the hotel room, then a totally separate area for the street, and they'll, like, green screen things together, map paint things in. Right, right, right. This is very much... They were given, like, a playground, really, to just do, like, stunts and explosions and gunfights in. Which is classic. And you don't really get that anymore. I mean, I recognize the stairwell that they end up dropping the body down, because that's used in like Atomic Blonde and a few other movies because Studio Bowelsberg is basically the only studio left that has a set like this. So that's how like unique it is almost in the sense of they went to this one particular place, right. this one particular set. Because I guess if you're filming this in Germany, that must mean they cannot do an American style action movie in America anymore at all. Right, okay. 
it's it's almost from what you're saying. Sorry for the long pause. It's almost as if you're saying this movie's like in a weird kind of um, purgatory. Basically. If that, yeah, I think that's like the best way for me to like really like grasp what's happening with this film is that it's in like a weird purgatory where it's not necessarily up to par or standards of the genre right now. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of going back to 90s. I almost spin it the other way, which is it's better than most of the stuff now. Yeah, it is. But you yeah. can still see the limitations of the stuff that they can't do anymore. Because mm-hmm. if this was in the 90s mm-hmm. and it was... I mean, I guess Michael B. Jordan is a big deal. He's, yeah. For, for some reason, he has less of a cachet when he's outside of Black Panther than he probably should do. Like, no one really cares about Creed, even though he loved it. No Creed one... was amazing. Oh, yeah, but what I'm saying is it never became a big No, big it deal. didn't, yeah, no. This is like, he really, <clears throat> based on, I guess, based on this and Creed, is he really wants to be like an action hero. He really likes those kinds of movies. He wants to put his own stamp on it. Mm-hmm. So he really, like, commits to it. Unfortunately, like, the film around him doesn't have, like, the budget or the sway to kind of give him, like, the star vehicle. Like, let's say if you were to make this in the 90s, if this would be, say, I mean, I hate to just go to the black actor of the time, but, like, yeah. a Will Smith movie, it an would... Enemy of the State or yeah. something like that, oh, that which would be made on, like, a grander budget with, yeah. like, an auteur, mm-hmm. a, a wide cast around him. This feels almost like... I hate to use the pejorative of last week where we were talking about Mortal Kombat as being like a TV episode, mm-hmm. but this felt like a TV movie. It was definitely a TV movie. Yeah. It, it definitely had that feel of a TV movie because it also, again, not very much of a, like, the, the runtime wasn't that long. It, yeah, it was like 110 minutes with credits. Yeah, and I was like, that's pretty short for yeah. a movie of this kind of story. Yeah. Because most of the time when there's like a conspiracy or revenge, there's always like a plot twist yeah but for some reason in this movie the plot twist wasn't as like haha yeah it was like it wasn't like that what well, was it more like mm-hmm. it was like mm, well i kind of figured that like 30 minutes ago yeah because at first you like the whole thing is that you have ritter and you're just like oh ritter mm. we don't trust you like that's initially what you're going for and then as the movie's progressing I want to say by the time they're talking about the um, the where they got the passports from. Yes. I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't think Ritter is going to be it because it'll be too easy. I almost hoped it was because I was like, okay, and now I see these two dueling guys. Yeah. There's gonna be something with them, and I would have liked if they just like played it completely straight. Yeah. Yeah, this ja- is him. Jamie yeah. Bell's the bad one. Guy yeah. Pieces the good one. Get it over. This yeah. is it. This is all you're getting. But. I would, like I just knew I was just like it's gonna be too easy. You're playing. You're trying to play into an audience that's gonna be like, yeah, he's the he's like he's the bad guy, mm. even though he wasn't. He was just an asshole. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Then you had like the government conspiracy thing, and I was like, oh uh, well, I don't know why I didn't realize that was gonna be it. I also feel like they kind of rushed the we're building Rainbow Six. Yeah, in the end credits. Uh, because it's like it's been a year and it's like for us it's been like five minutes. Yeah, exactly. But then like all he's done is like put on a pair of glasses. It was like... so it was so strange. So I think the whole process, the whole ending process of this film was so there was a gap after they left Russia. They're sitting on the boat, they got away free. Woohoo, right? And then Ritter goes, There's money in the bot there's like money. Right, that was when they were being extracted. Yeah. Yes. So there he was just like, There's money in the bottom of the 
rig? Is that boat I dog? Think it, I guess. Yeah. I, I think that just means like there's a million dollars in a boat. There, there's a there's a million dollars on the on the bottom of the boat, not yeah. the bottom of the boat, but like the lower level of the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was like, "What?" I well, because he's the good whole, impression, yeah. Because it really that's really yeah. he was like, "What?" Yeah. Um, because he had the whole thing of just him going back to jail because it was a felony. Because I mean, like he did. Yeah. You know, bad things. And also, let's say that was a very good action set piece when the riot police come in to get him. Oh, that was great. That just reminded, like, that was just legit a callback to a lot of early 2000s, um, or probably mid 2000s action films. Because you had uh, Daredevil on Netflix that came out that had, like, kind of like the same kind of hallway scene and very small close encounter action scenes. And you have the raid mm-hmm. and things like the Indonesian. Right. Yeah. Those, that was. Definite callback to that. Um, if we're bringing that back, I am all about that. Um, but you had that scene where he's getting the money and it's like, you don't exist anymore, yeah. you're dead. When he was leaving the train station. Yeah, leaving the train station. And it was like, okay, well, it's actually the government, the Secretary Defense, Secretary Defense, yeah. Secretary Defense is like, oh yeah, we're bringing like Russia as enemies. And the thing that should also be mentioned mm. is his reasoning behind it is his same reasoning that he used when he was the villain in Iron Man 3 of yeah. if you put like two, if you fund a war from yeah, both sides, you can yeah. make a lot of money, which I think has started to be like Guy Pearce's thing. Now he's aged mm. into being just like the old bureaucrat. Yeah, the old evil bureaucrat. Yeah. But yeah. Even though that's like, I, I get it, I guess. I don't know, but like. Whatever, that's a whole different com- that's a whole different conversation. But there is a gap from that scene to the train scene and then Ritter and then like pretty much them bringing down the conspiracy and then like and it the just felt like it was it just felt like okay, we're playing off fast forward now. Yeah. Because up until then, it almost felt like uh, Stefano Salima proving himself as a director because mm-hmm. it just goes set piece, set piece, set piece. Mm-hmm. You have the raid in. Uh, Aleppo, mm-hmm. and you have the hits on the members in their houses. Right. You have the police station. You have the plane crash. You have the raid on the hotel in Moscow, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's where it was. Yeah. And then when they kind of run out of things to do, you end with the car crash, and then it's like, okay, film's over. Let's get out of here. Yeah, let's go. So if, felt, this is all I had to yeah. get. This is all I was given. This is what we did. So it was almost like it could have done with like a fleetness of like an early John Woo movie where he was like set piece, set piece, set piece, plot in between. Um, but it's far too structured for that. I felt like they were too too committed to, I guess, they already had Tom Clancy's name on it. You yeah. have to kind of stick to what the book I imagine was, which is f- probably fine in 93, Well, when I was looking it up, it just said, very loosely paced off the well, book. Well, yeah, so. so how loose is it? Like, I wonder if, like, basically, what was Taylor Sheridan brought in to do? Because he did nothing in mm. this. And the thing is, Sheridan is, like, one of the very few famous writers in Hollywood right now. And he has his own directorial movie, directorial movie coming out next mm-hmm. week. So you would think that they'd be like, okay, they came together for Sicario 2. They come together for another project. Mm-hmm. Then there's another one of their films coming out next week. But Sheridan's been, like, completely absent from this. And he's listed as a co-writer. But the reason why is the original script that was written in 1993, he was updating it for now. Oh, okay. But, like, so much just plays, like, mid-90s action thriller that I don't know what he did, but I guess he's not particularly proud of it or interested in it. 
or they want to just keep his profile low. Because that's the thing that's been quite weird about this. Like, you look at all the promotion and it's just like Michael B. Jordan's face and that's it. Yeah, there's I mean, no mention of face sells. Yeah, but there's no mention of Stefano Salima, Taylor mm-hmm. Sheridan. Like, Cam Gigandet is in this movie somewhere. I saw his name on the credits. I guess he was one of, like, the guys on his team when they went right. to raid. But, like, that was in. Um, like, Amazon seemed to have taken the approach of Netflix, which is, like, the brand comes above everything. And they're halfway, which I guess is the theme of this, between, okay, we give the guy, the talented action guy, the money to do it. Yeah. We'll also play down his angle because this is a Amazon original. It isn't... Stefano Salima presents, you know. True. Is that where we're going now? I we're already there. You know, pe- more people know Kevin Feige than they know the people who actually made like Captain Marvel. You know, yeah. could you know? Could you tell me who they are? Could you point them out? Could you tell me other things they've done? Could you tell me what made their involvement? You know, anything special? And that was the thing with uh, Ryan Coogler mm-hmm. on Black Panther. I saw Creed, and then I saw. Black Panther, and I could not tell you what Kugler's involvement is in this project because everything is already micromanaged to the next stage. You have Netflix originals, which come out all the time, I guess. Mm, you couldn't really tell you anything about it besides, oh, hey, Netflix has something new I can just you could, binge watch. Yeah, pretty much. Because like before, you would see the director's name. Yeah. Like that's, part of, that's pretty much... You'll either see the director's name first or the star yeah and then you'll see who's in it and everything and nowadays when things are being trailered if that yeah yeah previewed trailered we'll make it a verb yeah um you don't get a really you don't get a sense of anything it's just kind of bam this is happening bam this is happening too boom it comes out this day go watch it yeah because these days now that they have the streaming releases it's very much the case of it's coming out tomorrow watch it please yeah like Pay your money. Yeah. Watch the movie. Call it a day. Yeah. Oh, that's oh man. I mean, it is Amazon. It is Amazon. Like you can't be happy on anything they do. It's so sad. But also, a thing which is clear is like Michael B. Jordan wants to make films that just don't exist anymore. Like mm. there's this idea that I had, which is like there's a generation of actors who basically just totally disappeared because they don't make movies for them. And the main culprits I think of are like Gerald Butler and Channing Tatum because they would be like big action heroes in like the 80s and 90s. But now, like, what did they do for a while? It's like weird, like romantic comedies, things like that. Yeah, Gerard Butler did the romantic comedies. And then they just kind of stopped making the movies they are designed for. Yeah. And they just became like producers and things instead. And I fear that Michael B. Jordan is along those lines. Because, I mean, he doesn't do that many movies in general. Mm -mm. And the stuff he does do, it's clearly stuff he wants to... He will take the time Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. So I would like the idea of, okay, they're going to make the Rainbow Six movie with him in it. But if they do, it probably won't be for a while. And it probably won't be the film it should have been. No, Because yeah, it'll probably. be Amazon Presents, Rainbow yeah. Six, starring this guy, that guy, and mm-hmm. who's gonna make it, who knows, you know. This is true. Like it's a whole it's a whole big thing to even think about if this movie actually came out when it was supposed to come out twenty years ago. Yeah. Cause it would because you know based on the fact they wanted Keanu Reeves, it would have been a big deal. Yeah. But even if you were to like say, okay, not even well, we're getting close to thirty years ago now when you think about it. <laughs> but like if you were to go back to say 2004 2005 
they probably would have been able to make a slightly better movie. Yeah. If they were just like director video, Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. he gets his guys in, they do the stunts properly. Mm-hmm. Instead of this, which is, as we keep coming back to, sort of in between everything. Yeah. I never really want to see it in the 90s. Yeah. Because it would have been alongside like the Harrison Ford Patriot Games, some <gasps> so good. stuff like that. Mm. Uh, ben Affleck was some of all fears, I think. So it would have been in between those, I imagine. It's, a, it's one of those projects where I hope what this does is it gets everyone better projects in the future. Safana Salima has proven he can make mid-budget action based around stunts and things, which is what he likes to do. Right, so maybe he'll do something. But with like more money behind him. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan continues to prove he wants to be an action hero. Maybe he'll get that somewhere else. Well, he's been in the business for a very long time anyway as well. Yeah, because yeah, so... he starts off in like Friday Night Lights. No, way before that. Why was he doing? Way he was that? on the Wire, the HBO show, about like drugs yeah. and that. He's in that show. And then he died and went into Friday Night Lights. Yeah, but like two thousand two to two thousand three. Yeah, but he was in that show for a long time. He was only in season because where's Wallace at? That was his thing. Yeah, no, but yeah. he was in it for like a little bit. That was just one season. Was it just one scene? And then no, one season. Yeah, that's that's a little bit for a kid. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, for a kid, that's a little bit of time. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. But then he did die. Yeah. Um. See, I'm just sitting here thinking now about just, like, going to the movies. When was the last time you went to the movies? To see King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then before that, yeah. it was to see Vanguard. Mm. Then before that, it was to see Tenet. Mm-hmm. And then before that, was to see Richard Jewell. And Richard Jewell is one of the best movies of the past few years. Okay. And that was the last film before the pandemic hit. I think I saw that in, like, cinemas the week or the week before the pandemic closed cinemas. Right, okay. And I did have a horrible feeling when I went to see Tenet of, like, I should have just stopped on a high. Like, gone out on, like, Clint Eastwood, great movie, world-class performance. And just be like, that's it. That's it, I'm done with movies. Yeah, we can move on from cinemas. So this is my question now, since we have this Amazon Prime movie, there's a lot more movies going straight to video mm-hmm. on demand situations. Yeah. What is going to do you think the movie theater will still exist in like 10 years time? Mm, in one form or another, but I suspect it'll be back to the old days where it was owned by chains. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the Disney cinema where you see the Disney movies. The question is what happens to movies like this because this should have been like a really big deal. It's explosions, it's gunfights, it's things mm-hmm. like that. Mm. And it almost feels like it was designed for a TV rather than like an IMAX screen. And it's the lack of audience and the lack of distribution for films like yeah. that, which makes me concerned. Because like, there's several times, like I follow a few Twitter accounts that post like retro things. And every now and again, there's someone who posts like a uh, flyer for what was in a cinema on one particular weekend. Oh. And they'll, the cinema will have like three screens. But they'll, I say, have like 10 films being shown. And there's so much variety. You'll have mm-hmm. an action movie, drama, comedy, whatever. Yeah. You do not get that now because a lot of those things just don't exist. And I feel like we are getting closer and closer and closer to just being like the Disney cinema is open to show you Star Wars, Marvel, and Pixar. And that's it, yeah. And people go for it. That, that is true. That's, that's the, the sad thing, thing about yeah. it because they'll stay at home for Tom Clancy's Got Remorse. Because they don't have the hook to go and pay and see, you know, how much is a cinema ticket these days? Uh, well, here they're about 50 quai to 80 quai, depending mm. on what time you're going. Because back in the UK, it was like more expensive year on year. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember going back home to the theaters and it was like 20 bucks. Yeah. 
I would say it's, I would say it's at least fifteen pounds. Yeah. Do you think Netflix and like Amazon will bring back the movie theater? Uh, no, no, because wh- why would they? What, what's it? Why, yeah, what is it I'm for being, them? Because I think they we yeah. Do, they their whole thing is. <clears throat> devaluing movies Martin Scorsese was right they've turned movies into content like no one cares yeah like that's it's a the, sad, sad thing like that's that's the ultimate like uphill Sisyphean battle you have every day of realising like no one cares about this stuff anymore mm. some people we care people care some do few of us do but it's just kind of like a sad thing to think about kind of like what you said before like I think like a couple weeks back about the whole opera thing mm. We are very much approaching, yeah. The uh, that trajectory. Mm. We're just gonna be pop songs on the radio. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Okay. So, like, wrap up questions. I was um, impressed with Jamie Bell. He held the accent, like shouting in an accent is a very difficult thing to do. Right. But also, that scene we got choked by Michael B. Jordan went very bright red. Made me wonder if there was like an element of method to that. If he was actually being choked. Because it looked really, like, gruesome. It did yeah. look very painful. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yep, okay, all right. But you're good, you're good, you're good, yeah. okay, yeah. It was that kind of situation. Um, I thought the guy that played Vykov, Vykov, I think that was his name, Vykov. The Russians? Yeah, the, the main who, the main Russian guy Don who that was the up. pawn on, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Vykov. I thought it was pretty funny that the actor that played Vykov was actually also the Russian conspiracist from Stranger Things season three, season two. I don't know what that is. I know, I know you Sorry. don't, but I thought that was funny. I was like, hey, hey, there you go again with the Russian And I'm thing. guessing he's not actually Russian. I don't... Because the accents that the Russians had in this movie were great. Not... Yeah, they weren't really great. Yeah. Um, Coming off the back of Nobody, which actually got Russian actors for the mm, parts, you can yeah. really tell. You can They're really like, tell. We told them that we can't do it. We have families. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> that's a really weird accent. It's like it's like I said it before and I said it again. Jesse Ventura is correct. They like casting Russians could be racist to them, and no one cares. No one really cares. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. So, would you watch this film again? Yeah, I probably would. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't hunt it out. But if I'm flicking through and it's on like Fox Action right. or something, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd tune in because it was satisfying enough and breezy enough. True. That it could just fill in on like a Sunday afternoon. Mm, true. I would possibly maybe watch it again if I just wanted to see Michael B. Jordan's face. Because do you not have other options for that? Does he not have anything? Yeah, else but he was like a really cool badass in this one. Yeah, but that's what I was getting at. Like the nothing else that's more. If I want my brain to melt, kind of in a way. Yeah. Not really melt, but just like turn it off. This is the kind of movie that you can just just watch Black Panther. Yeah, but then I get into it, then I like do the whole thing of just like I'm gonna watch the next Marvel movie like that. I can't do that. If I just want to watch like an hour and thirty minutes of Michael B. Jordan, I'll just pop this on. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. It makes it easier. Uh, so five, five out of ten. Let's give it a four. Four out of ten. Okay, and I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I think it's my low. Like that's one of your lows so far. I think. I think it's one of my lows. Yeah. What did I give Mortal Kombat? I think we both got a zero. Yeah, so so Mortal Kombat is this, the absolute lowest that yeah. you can get. For me, without remorse, Tom Clancy's Tom, without yeah. remorse, I would give it like a 5.2. Oh, you're going in for mental now? Yeah, I'm just like, can't just you can go over the line a little bit. Okay. But yeah, we did another action movie and... We have another one on the slate, I believe. Actually, it's kind of a thriller. We're going thriller route. Okay. Yeah, which okay. we haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we have. Yeah, we actually haven't done. We did kind of sci-fi. We've yeah, we have been quite varied book. in our genres. Yeah, we, so I'm ready to move away from action. I'm ready to get away from an original, an Amazon original, and Netflix. Yeah, original, this HBO one Max is actually original. this one's got my guy Gary Oldman in it. That's hit and miss these days. I saw Mank, and I wish I didn't. True, I still remember him in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Great movie. Mm. Um, but we have the woman in the window. Woo-hoo. And let's hope it's better than Fritz Lang's Woman in the Window. I've never seen that. 1930, 1940-something film noir with uh, Edward G. Robinson. Okay. And we'll probably talk about it we'll talk in the about next it. episode. Yeah. But I think it's an intentionally bad movie. Ah, uh, it's one of those. Okay. S- mm, Maybe. Sort of. Maybe. Okay. So tune in next time and find out what yeah, I mean. Yeah, there we go. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.